Hey everyone, Tom here, Alpha Metallica, for the final time, I mean in the sense of me going through all 165 songs that the band have committed to tape. Yep, this is the last episode of the original run. This is somewhat surreal, to be honest with you. This is just going to be me on my own. And we're not even tackling a Metallica song, we're tackling a Kink song. You really got me the 1964 smash that kind of, you know, was as important for inventing heavy metal riffery as like, you know, Ticket to Ride or, um, you know, some of those Blue Cheer songs or whatever. So obviously, you know this track. Maybe you didn't know that Metallica did a cover of it. We're going to get into the history of that. We're going to get into the, you know, various permutations of the covers and stuff like that also. In terms of this being the quote-unquote last Alpha Patala Crypto, this being the final episode that I set out to conquer um, all the way back on episode one, two by four, which was like mid-2017. In terms of me looking back on that whole journey, this episode isn't really going to be that. I want to give a big shout-out to Rob who was just on the show recently for the Whiplash episodes, and that was, you know, he raised a great point there that I need to go back through the whole archive of the show from episode one, from 2x4, talk about all the interviews and all the series and any recollections that I have. So I am going to do that. Um, you know, in fact, if you're listening to this now, that discussion will be on the Patreon currently. And, of course, if you want to support the show, you can go on to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash alphapetallica, help to keep the lights on here at MetallicaPod on Twitter, always asking for your feedback on the songs, MetallicaPod at gmail.com as well, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to discuss anything, you want to come on the show, because of course the show isn't ending, you know, we've got lots and lots in the pipeline, um, as I've said on Twitter, currently working on with a guest, a huge Jason Newstead episode, which to be honest with you, the more you dig, the deeper it goes, like, I've probably got like two, three thousand words on just the audition alone, and found out loads of cool stuff, for example, did you know, at the second Newstead gig, I just found this out this morning, in the library. The second news they gig, so the first one was the Country Club Receder, the second one at Jezebel's in Anaheim. Um, again, they were supporting Metal Church, and the second song, Master of Puppets, the power cut out three times. Uh, the, the bass would still be on, Jason would still be active with Lars Acoustic uh, on the drums, as it were, but yeah, Kirk and James's guitars would just cut out for whatever reason. So on the third time, Jason just starts playing with Lars, and James leads a chorus of people singing along, and you know, we're going to talk about stuff like that on the episode. We're going to talk about his work with the Moss Brothers and, and Voivod, and Flotsam and Jetsam politics, and him making sandwiches and rockstar supernova and all that stuff so what i'm trying to get across here is that metallica have still really got me and the show has as well and i really appreciate you guys for listening and i really enjoy doing it a lot of people have been asking tom is the show over now that you've got to the final song but there's just so much to discuss and again i'll discuss this on the big retrospective that's available on patreon now please leave us a review on itunes as well but um, you know, we've got this some kind of monster. This through the never we got to talk about. We're going to do episodes like the Jason one on all the members, and you know, I want, I want to do a big Bob Rock retrospective and get into all the albums he produced before and after Metallica. So, um, so yeah, this is just going to be me today. This is solo, and uh, how should we start? I mean, I don't really need to tell you about you. Really got me uh, song written by Ray Davis for the English rock band The Kinks, a band that I enjoy. You know, a band that I've just got to sort of plead the fifth on a little bit, a little bit of a blind spot for me in terms of those kind of British invasion groups. Although there was an album that I love by Gaz Coombs, um, who, you know, from Supergrass and various solo careers and stuff like that. Uh, He had a band called Hot Rats, and they basically covered sort of 70s, 60s kind of power pop, power rock, delving a little bit into new wave. All covers, I think they're mostly British covers as well. Um, They did like um, Depeche Mode was on there, Roxy Music, and they covered a 
Kinks song called Blue Sky, which I'm sure people know one of their biggest songs. And I was like, this is the fucking Kinks. Like, I've never really downplayed the Kinks or whatever, but I love that song. And I love their version as well. It's spot on. So, um, yeah, two versions of this song, You Really Got Me by the Kinks, originally recorded. It was inspired uh, by Lead Belly and Big Bill Brunzi and those sort of giants. It was rumoured, and we'll get into this a little later when we explore more of the history of the song. It was rumoured that Jimmy Page performed the distinctive guitar solo, but apparently it's a myth that has since been proven false. And, you know, you know You Really Got Me. You know that it's built around those power chords. And what an influence on heavy metal and and punk rock. And it's built around that riff by Dave Davis. Um, And uh, David also described the lyrics as like a love song for street kids and stuff. But just consider that riff. It's it's so metal. You know, it's so droney and repetitive. Yet, kind of, it's got that anchor that all metal riffs has where they are really compelling. They are... Well, they are really repetitive, but they still have that kind of compelling heft to them that keeps it crossing the... That keeps it crossing the line each time you hear it. You know, compliments to singing on top of it so well as well. So, um, yeah, Metallica are on this album with Ray Davis, the legendary Ray Davis. Essentially, uh, it's called See My Friends, and it was recorded in Oslo, New York, New Jersey, Chicago, and London. Davis had said, quote, The project came about almost by accident. With some tracks, I had to appreciate the style of the other artists. Otherwise, it would have sounded unbalanced. I wanted the album to work as an entire listening experience, but each track had a life of its own. And I do remember this kind coming out because it's mad um i don't know why i was at the time listening to it but i guess it must have been in mojo magazine because it was released on the 1st of november 2010 maybe it was getting towards the end of the year but i always get mojo and always kind of you know <laughs> it's a really uh postmodern way overseas listeners you know mojo's like your rolling stone or whatever but i'll go through even then and i'll do it now and tick off albums with a biro in the magazine and then make a giant spotify playlist of those albums and i remember this coming up in the rotation more for the opening track with bruce springsteen better things which i enjoyed even though i'm not the biggest springsteen fan but yeah what's cool is that the songs are deconstructed in a way they're not just covers with the backing bands of which the caliper is insane so we've got springsteen on the first track we've got cellular heroes with bon jovi and sambora we've got jackson brown on here alex chilton um you know who of big star fame and you know influenced the replacements of one of my all-time favorite bands obviously one of their best songs is called alex chilton as well this is his last recording uh, spoon on here gary light Body from Snow Patrol, Billy Corgan, Mumford and Sons, Polo- yeah, real, real stacked quality here. Metallica are the fifth track. And it's interesting, isn't it, to think, because Metallica aren't one of these bands that necessarily pop up on these tribute albums that often. I mean, granted, you know, they have been on them, definitely, but they're not kind of in that coterie of people that you constantly see as guest stars. And in terms of the formation of this coming together, I mean, it's very cool that in quick succession, the guys are working with Ray and then with Lou, and, you know, you imagine that maybe Bowie would have done something with them if he lasted. I don't don't know. So the affiliation began uh, in New York in 2009. This was October 30th. Uh, uh, Metallica were playing at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th anniversary, and, you know, various guests would come on and do collaborations, and Ray came out. Ray came out to do, uh, you know, another one of the band's most notable songs, All Day and All of the Night, which the riff kind of is You Really Got Me, I mean, not to say that riffs don't just sound the same and it has a different inflection and and bounce to it, but the notes are pretty much the same. Still a great song on its own merit. And let's just listen to James uh, introducing it. We got one more guest coming out here. And this one, this one threw us for a loop too, man. We didn't know what to think of this at first. And the more, we, we got completely schooled. We got schooled on early, early riff rock by this man and his band, 
uh, his band, The Kinks. All right? One of the original punks. There's three chords in those songs that have gone on to make every punk rock band feel good. All right? Please, a warm welcome for Mr. Ray Davies. And they clearly enjoyed each other's company and got together for the record. And, you know, incredibly, there is footage of Ray just speaking about how it all come together. So, uh, Ray, take it away. Metallica asked me to play at the 25th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert, Madison Square Garden, in 2009, uh, November 2009. And they requested to do uh, You Really Got Me and All Day and All the Night. It's... Um, it's quite, a, and we went on stage at Madison Square Garden, and it just explode. Song exploded because you know to sing in front of that band. It's such a full-on band. Uh, I had to draw on all my resources to, to perform it, because the the Kinks version, the original Kinks version, was more jazzy and sort of slippery kind of vocal. I could slide in the vocal, but with with um, Metallica, it had to be more full-on. And when we got to, we recorded that track, the Metallica track in Oslo. Uh, they have a mobile recording studio on the road, and uh, we recorded that one afternoon. It was, a, it was a great experience. I just, uh, I took over vocal. James did the first verse, lead singer, and I took the second one, and we sang the third verse together with a breakdown in the middle. It was uh, four takes, two good ones, and we cut them together and have the track. It's all very immediate sounding, but a really, really good band. And the good thing about this track is there are very few overdubs on it, hardly any overdubs, there's none actually. So it's um, basically as, as we played it on the record, I'm very pleased with it. So, yeah, obviously there's a lot of covers of this song, but I kind of want to view the rest of this episode through the paradigm of the Kinks version, the Metallica version, and the Van Halen version. You guys know that I'm a giant Van Halen fan. Uh, recently went on to Ridiculous Rock Records reviews with um, Aaron and Ray. Love that podcast, by the way. Supremely good album review podcast. And we discussed Van Halen's 1984, and, you know, I just keep coming back to the band. But this Metallica version's okay. I do think this is just okay. I mean, it's very faithful. The riff comes in. It's far more overdriven. Like, I much prefer either the original kind of brittle tone from Dave Davis, which um, you know, I think that came across the influential distortion on that track was him slicing the speaker cone of his guitar amplifier with a razor blade and poking it with a pin. And the amp was affectionately called Little Green after the name of the amplifier made by the Elpico company. And it was purchased in uh, David's neighborhood shop, uh, linked to a Vox A. Link to a Vox AC30. And, you know, Ray and Dave always seem to be arguing as well. There's a lot of stuff about them arguing about how the distortion was made and stuff like that. And then obviously the legacy of the guitar solo. But, yeah, the song comes in. Um, Ray sounds a little weak, maybe. I mean, he is an elderly gentleman on this track, no doubt. But just there's such power in the original. And what is one of the foundations of pop music of that time? Think of the Beatles. It's just going, yeah! 
yeah, like it's just having yeah, you know. And when the song builds, it's oh yeah, yeah, really, like like that bit in the song for me, I find so exciting. That might be the best yeah ever recorded in popular music on the original Kinks version. This just doesn't have it. And Hetfield's one of the most famous purveyors of yeah out there. There's energy, but as I say, Ray sounds slightly diluted. Um, the song doesn't have any real verve or steel to it. Uh, you know, as Ray mentioned in the clip before, they swap verses and then join in towards the end. They, they harmonize with each other. Um, Kirk takes the solo. It, 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 it's fine, really. It kind of gargles into existence, but there's not much about it uh, that I really find that gripping. I don't think the crescendos, the waves, like this is a song really that kind of is quite tidal and builds and trundles forward. And I don't really feel that on this. Um, it hasn't really grown on me. You know, there's lots of cool stuff, lots of cool homages, like, you know, shouting, oh no, before the solo as Kirk occupies that space. And we get, you know, Hetfield can be quite throaty towards the end, especially with the breakdown that they do, which is new for the song. So I was listening to the Metallica version over and over again. I don't remember the, the breakdown. Well, there, there is the breakdown in the Van Halen version where Roth is making all these kind of squeaky, sexual, squelchy sort of sounds, these ad-libs in the eaves of the song. But yeah, in the original, it kind of just goes back into the verse. But in this one, um, there is this kind of chanting, kind of quite, uh, you know, primordial uh, sort of thing going down there. And Ray and Hett again complement each other's voices somewhat. But um, yeah, it just isn't really doesn't really stick with you, to be honest with you. doesn't really have a elevating quality. It's cool. It's cool that Metallica did this. And, you know, it makes sense that they covered this song because they'd done this before uh, in 2009. But it just... It just doesn't. It doesn't feel that necessary. It feels a little otios, you know. It doesn't feel that it, that it's really kind of a defining thing. And I think if this was on Garage Inc., for example, okay, they wouldn't have Ray on Garage Inc. with it, or whatever. But it wouldn't. It doesn't really stand toe to toe with their other covers for me. Um, it's yeah. It's more in. Uh, it, it's more in say I don't know astronomy territory. Say like the more I see, or, or or bread fan, or something like that. But they are guesting with the man. That's the thing. They can't really show him out and put their stamp entirely on it. It is a collaborative effort, as Ray said. You know, their original was slightly jazzier in that section, um, and I think the song originally was a bit more of a laid back number. And later the chords were changed, and it got a bit more aggressive. But um, yeah, the song itself, uh, you know. Obviously, one of Kinks' biggest songs, one of the most influential songs as well. Uh, in 1999, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. Rolling Stone magazine placed the song at number 82 on the list of 500 greatest songs of all time. And at number four on their list of the 100 greatest guitar songs of all time. In early 2005, the song was voted the best British song of the 1955 to 1960. I mean, I can't, in a BBC radio poll, that is, it's it's definitely not. There's, that's kind of, especially considering the Beatles that came out of that time and, and Caravan and Camel and yeah, all that lineage. But whatever, it was named because it's a very iconic song. In March 2005, Q placed it at number nine in its list of 100 greatest guitar tracks. In 2009, it was named the 57th greatest hard rock song by VH1. There's too many stats there. And of course, as I mentioned, Van Halen covered it. I mean, 
part of the issue as well with this song is it doesn't really have much of a tone the Metallica version we get that uh, you know barren brittle skeletal in the best possible way original kink sound and then that kind of I mean Eddie probably has the greatest rhythm tone of all time in my opinion and he was still perfecting it at this point I think it reaches apotheosis maybe with Panama uh, on 1984 Drop Dead Legs as well those arpeggios but um, yeah here it's bathed in phase and it just has such character and I love how Eddie is kind of answering Dave there's a little bit of that from Kirk in this song but that is kind of a Van Halen thing really and it's funny about the Van Halen edition because Dave Davis the Kinks Dave Davis obviously wrote the main riff uh he didn't like it he said quote there's the thing good art isn't always about having the comfiest technique I shouldn't encourage him but I'm sure Eddie Van Halen played better when he was drunk and apparently he also told of, of how a concert goer approached him after a live show and congratulated him on performing a great cover of the Van Halen song Ray Davis on the other hand apparently claims to like the track because it made him laugh and uh yeah it is a very comical sort of exploration of that tune but not got too much really to say it's kind of in and out uh the metallica version i like the way it ends it has quite a crushing sort of you know authoritative bum bum but you know and it's kind of in and out very very short song I think it's pretty much around the same length as the Kinks version and the Van Halen version is a bit longer because of the extended breaks and such. But um, yeah, the Metallica version is a little standard. Um, it's a little stock, as they would say. Lars is throwing some double bass in at the start, which is pretty intriguing. But all in all, it just doesn't quite justify itself. I'm still happy it exists. And, you know, it wouldn't be out of Metallica if I wasn't closing the show by being negative about a Metallica song. I don't dislike it. It just feels slightly pointless, perhaps, for my tastes. But, uh, yeah, as always, guys, let us know what you think. Uh, what do you think of the song? Get in touch with MetallicaPod.com, at MetallicaPod. Uh, iTunes review, you don't need to mention you really got me on over there. But if you can leave us an iTunes review, that's greatly appreciated. And as we always do, we close up with you guys, uh, you know, reaching out through the Twitter just to see what you think of the song. And we've got some discussions today. Ramones of the day, Phil simply says congrats, you know, obviously for closing the run. Ralph also says, first off, congrats on making it through the band's entire catalogue. It was quite the amazing journey, and I can't wait to see what lies ahead. Hopefully it includes some new Met songs of the nearest future. I mean, yeah, Ralph, there are, um, I think I discussed on the show before, the, the Prokiev I'm saying that quite, quite wrong, uh, the futurist uh, hymn that they did with the orchestra, that'll be out on tape soon when they release NSLM2 in the new year, so that'll be a new episode, and you know, hopefully there'll be covers, EPs, or whatever, but we're going to keep going, nonetheless. Uh, Ralph says, as for the track, not their best, but also not their worst cover, fairly faithful to the original, or they did add some heaviness to the proceedings. Sounds like a Hammett solo added a little rip em- yeah. Sounds like a Hammett added... Sound- yeah. Sounds like Hammett added a little ripper magic to the solo, but not too much. I kind of wish Het had a bit more snarl bite to his vocals. Sounds like he was holding back some. Completely agree. I enjoyed Davis taking his turn on the vocals too. For not having much to say here, I was quite verbose. Anyway, cheers, Tom. Chaosware says, congrats, Tom. What a ride. Happy to have been part of it. And yeah, to whomever suggested Alpha Def, I'm all in. Um, I wouldn't, do, you know... As you guys probably aware, I've done the where I've my discographer series where I went through. I've only done one of them so far. Where I went through all the System of a Down discography, kind of so I didn't have to do a podcast on them, even though I loved them. I could kind of you know spend an hour or so rather than spending two and a half years. So I wouldn't necessarily, even though I love Megadeth, do a Megadeth podcast. I'm sure we had a listener who was going to do a Megadeth podcast. So I'll have to check up on that and see if that's going to actually still go down because it definitely needs to be one. But um, in the same vein of doing these Jason Newstead episodes, there will probably the next one to be fair be a Dave Mustaine episode because. 
because I find him uh, you know, a fascinatingly complex figure and also just a compelling riff machine and, you know, kind of quite nefarious in his intellect. So um, that will be fun to unpick. Sour Bloody Podcast says, you did it. Next up, Alpha Death. There it is again. <laughs> fun fact, on the original Kink song, apparently John Lord was a session pia- piano player on the track. Just to add the iconic rock cred, you really got me hold. That is awesome. R.I.P. John Lord from Deep Purple. And... Uh, Aurelian says, I don't really have something to say about the song, but congratulations for ending the original run of the show. It was awesome to be part of your ride across the Metallica catalogue. Your well-thought-out and sometimes divisive opinion was much appreciated. Thank you, Aurelian. Uh, Master Pun says, not bad, to be honest. I like the song. Also, congrats, man. Hell of a journey. And, uh, yeah, guys, that's about it, really, for the last discussion over here at Alpha Metallica Towers. It has been an incredibly fun ride that isn't going to stop, but... When I set out all those years ago to review every single song, it's now done. And I do, you know, I've mentioned it before, I do really want to do a book collecting all the discussions, um, you know, typed up, even in hardback, but just an ebook would be incredible. But that is just so much time. Like I've started doing it slowly, but it really. Like, it takes hours and hours to get one episode. You know, we've got 165 of these things to get through, and I'd want to transcribe, like, you know, the Ray Burton interview and Fleming and all the authors that I've had on and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we are going to keep playing with this run in some way, is what I'm saying, and I definitely want to repackage it. Look out for the uh, greatest hits that are coming out as well. You know, we've already done our um, uh, Death Magnetic one and Ride the Lightning. That's where I, you know, collect all the songs we've discussed, and uh, we got the Master one, all edited, which is on the Patreon now, so that'll be the next on the feed but yeah guys as always this has been tom it has been crazy for the last whatever it is six months or so to be uploading two of these a week i don't think i've rarely i think i've rarely missed a week i mean this is kind of a week late or whatever uh situations out my hands slightly maybe i was just like i was saying this to my girlfriend because it wasn't necessarily that i didn't have time to do it i kind of felt kept making excuses because i guess i didn't want to do it i guess part of me didn't want to say goodbye but here we are at the end of episode 165, weirdly with Metallica's Kinks cover that's probably one of the most obscure tracks on the entire, even more than like we did it again or something, or Vodchora or something, people just don't aware, you know, <clears throat> people are just not aware that this went down. So hopefully I've uh, enlightened you as to that, and thank you as always for listening. I guess finally follow us at MetallicaPod, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Patreon and iTunes are there. If you enjoy, you want to support, please leave us a review. Please leave us a donation. Next thing to drop on the channel will probably be part two of exploring all of Metallica's support bands. Um, That's been on the Patreon for a little while. That's a really, really fun discussion going from the Garage Remains the Same tour all the way up to the World Wired tour. So, uh, yeah, guys, I'm sure that I will speak to you soon. Go back through the archives, listen to your favourite episodes, and uh, get in touch with me on metallicapodogy.com if you can think of anything you wanted to be discussed on the show, you know, other ideas I've been thinking about. I want to look at all the video games and films that Metallica's music is used in. Um, I want to discuss, you know, the gear as well. I'm not really a gearhead per se, to be honest, even though I do, you know, play guitar and love playing guitar. I don't, that world never really interests me, to be honest. But um, for the boys, I'm wanting to dip a toe in. So, uh, yeah, this has been Tom, Tom Quee. Signing out of his surname this time at Metallica Pod. Thank you as always, guys. It's been a brilliant journey. And it's not at an end. I'll be uploading in the next few days, as I keep saying. But um, this is this is an achievement, if I may toot my own horn. I'm, you know, very proud to have done this. Obviously, didn't do this alone. And there will be an episode on the Patreon soon 
where I go through all the episodes and discuss all the behind-the-scenes stories and stuff like that. And uh, I was scrolling through, actually, uh, when I was at the library this morning, getting some uh, Newstead notes and such, and just kind of putting stuff in that I didn't want to forget or, or stuff that I want to get into. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of funny stories, definitely. A lot of things that kind of sparked. Like, there are some episodes where I'm like, who's that guy? I don't remember. So, uh, quite a lot of them I'm like, I don't really remember. Even though they're, they're, I'm sure they're all great discussions, you know, you just... Only so many reload songs that the uh, the memory can hold. But yeah, had to get a reload dig in there right at the end. So this has been Tom, Alpha Talica. Cheers. Mm-hmm.